Welcome to the Hello Retirement Podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Hello Retirement with Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hi, Wendy. Good. How are you today? Oh, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. So we're talking about retiring with intent. What does that actually mean? Can you break it down for us? Yeah, Wendy. So when we talk about retiring with intent, we'll break down the two words. Of course, retire, we all know um, that's leaving one's job. So stopping your work. Now, that definition can be a little bit flexible because we see some people transition maybe into part-time work or something like that, but it's kind of taking your foot off the gas, slowing down. That word comes from the French word re, meaning back, entire, meaning draw. So you're drawing back quite literally. So for some people, that means going from a 60-hour work week to maybe a 20-hour work week or doing some consulting part-time or project-based work. And other people, it means completely hanging up the hook and being done working completely. When we talk about an intentional retirement or having intent in retirement, we want you to have some sort of a plan. So not just wandering aimlessly throughout retirement or saying, hey, you know what? My employer doesn't seem to want me around anymore, so I'm just going to stop working. Uh, We want to have a plan or a vision of what we want that retirement to look like. It's going to be a result-oriented plan. So what do you want to achieve in this next chapter of your life? And also keeping in mind the impact that it might have. So sometimes we have clients that get some new upper management at the workplace and things become quite stressful late in their career. And they think about retiring a little bit earlier. So we like to give you that perspective of, well, if you retire a little bit earlier, maybe you can't go out to California four times a year to visit the grandchildren. Maybe you're only going to be able to go two or three times a year. So being mindful of that impact by making changes in your plan helps you have a more intentional retirement. Because an unintentional retirement will be beneficial to nobody. Agreed. (laughs) So take us through the process that a new client would experience when they first contact you. Sure. Yeah. So most people uh, contact us for the first time either online or they'll give our office a phone call or shoot one of us an email. And from there, we always schedule a 15-minute discovery call that enables us to answer any pressing questions that you might have um, and get a good feel of what you're looking for and see if we might be a good match for you. At the end of that 15-minute phone call, if we think we might be able to help you or there's some deeper questions to answer, we'll schedule an intent planning review. And those are normally an hour to an hour and a half long meeting. And there we really start digging into the intent of what you want out of retirement. And we can model what that entire, what that retirement might look like based on where you're at today. So when we talk about intent, the I, we say, focuses on I or yourself. So this is, hey, what do you want to do for your self-care? Do you want to spend more time outside? Do you want to go hiking more? What are you going to do for health care? 
if you're retiring early, how do you plan to uh, pay for healthcare until you get to age 65 or you can go on Medicare? And how do you stay mentally healthy as well? The N in intent, we say, is for needs. What's your income need? What do you need to cover your expenses and maintain your lifestyle? The T is going to stand for taxes. So how do we maximize the money in your pocket and minimize what we have to give to Uncle Sam? Now, by all means, we're not telling you to do anything illegal or immoral there. Let's use the tax code to your advantage. Let's make sure that we're not paying unnecessary taxes or fees in retirement. For E, we say endow. So what do you want to leave to others? Now, of course, as financial advisors, we talk about money a lot, but it's not always about money. Sometimes it's you want to leave certain hobbies or teach your grandchildren certain hobbies or things that were important to you. And this can also mean advanced estate planning. So, you know, setting up certain trusts or entities like a family education fund to make sure that all your grandchildren have some money to help them in college. We also have clients that have done all kinds of uh, creative things to make sure that they're not spoiling descendants of the family and incentivizing them not to work. So, so one example that, that we really liked is they had an income matching program. The family had grown a fair amount of wealth, but didn't want the family members below them to not be working in the future. So they said, okay, we'll double your income. Whatever you have coming in, you can take exactly that much out of the family trust. So that endowment or that E in intent is really, hey, how do we control things when we're no longer there and make sure the lessons we learned are passed on to other family members. I wonder, did you ever get some sort of crazy endowment for like a pet and its care after the <laughs> owner? No, but there are great stories online. About people who, yeah, not, not providing advice, but in general, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea to leave everything to your dog. Um, <laughs> no, not the air-conditioned dog house. Yeah, or... yeah. If you do have a pet that is uh, that you want to make sure is cared for, of course, you can put that in there. But leaving actual financial assets to an animal is a bit of a tricky situation for most. So Good to know, Josh. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Uh, getting back to the intent here, the N we use for navigating financial tools. So for many, we work with a lot of nurses and nurses are very, very, very intelligent in the medical field. But sometimes when we start talking about financial tools, it sounds like a whole different language to them. And you know what? When I go to the doctor, I feel the same way. I have no clue what they're talking about half the time. So we help people navigate those financial tools. In an intent-based retirement, we need to make sure that we have a way to navigate those financial tools. Finally, with T, we say you want to have a team. So you want to be able to communicate, even if that's just your spouse or a partner, what your vision is. So if you're unable to do it, someone can pick up and make sure that your plan keeps moving forward. Of course, at the Leonard Advisory Group, we love being your team and helping you out in that planning phase. But sometimes people choose to take on retirement by themselves. Well, when it comes to onboarding, like when a client decides, okay, this looks like a good fit, we're going to sign on, um, what does the onboarding and the beginning processes look like, as well as what type of changes uh, should they anticipate having to make? Yeah. So when we go through the intent planning review, typically certain pieces that might be lacking in your plan become fairly apparent. So We'll highlight those throughout that review process. 
if you decide to come on board as a client, we'll talk through what those changes might be. So whether that's reallocating the portfolio to make it more conservative or more aggressive or save for more short-term goals, we'll discuss all of those pieces with you. We also set up a lot of the back-end stuff. So we give access to our clients to some of our planning software, ways to view their portfolio easily. We also like to provide an overview or what steps we want to take over the next year as well. So, hey, we're going to work on maybe some tax planning projects with you throughout the year. I wish we could say it's easy enough that we could wrap up everything in one hour, but uh, most of the time these things become multi-stage processes. So are you going to tell me that I need to give up Starbucks? That's really the most important question. Well, there are lots of exercises about how you can do this, that, or the other. We, we believe that budgeting is important, but we also want to be able to enjoy our money. So you know what, Wendy, if Starbucks gives you a little bit of joy and gets you going in the morning, I think it's okay as long as you're still saving enough for retirement. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> Very big decision. So many people, myself included, put off retirement planning for later, far later than we should. So what do we need to do in order to catch up? And what do you think is a reasonable age to tell our children to start their plan? Because everybody always says, you know, they tell the 20 year olds, you have to start doing it now. And they all go, oh, poo poo. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was guilty of that for a while as well. I think the best thing we can do at a young age is to automate some of our finances. So if we're working for a large employer, sometimes it's easy as just signing up for the 401k. Most 401ks today have an auto escalation feature where each and every year you can set it to contribute 1% more. If that's corresponding with maybe, hopefully, a 3% plus raise each and every year, you won't really notice the difference in your paycheck. And before you know it, you might even be saving 15% of your income. That is extremely helpful in starting that compounding at a young age. Most clients that come to us come at the 11th hour. They're a lot closer to retirement. And most of them have saved money over time, but now they have questions of, okay, now we have this nest egg, but what do I do with it from here? Or how do I distribute it from there? I'd say in catching up and accumulating assets, Many people focus too much on, is this fund better than this fund? Or should I be buying this stock versus that stock? I'd say the most important and overlooked thing is just save money. Most people aren't doing enough to just put that money aside. They're worrying more about details that make a smaller impact than just putting that money away and getting compound interest over time. So what is the average age of your clients when they come to you? Like, I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out how far behind I am. <laughs> sure. Um, so most of our clients come to us sometime between 60 and 70. So they're getting pretty close to retirement. Okay. Um, sometimes we have clients that are 60 that come to us and say, oh, I want to retire as soon as I turn 65 because I don't think I can afford to pay for health care, you know, on the open marketplace. So I want to wait until I can get onto Medicare. One of the Great things about planning is if we have some time to plan ahead, we can put money away in savings and spend that down in our early years of retirement to help reduce our healthcare costs until we get on to Medicare. So we've helped some clients in that way. You know, I think another big thing that a lot of folks are thinking about or maybe delaying retirement for is to maximize their social security as well. So 
trying to make sure they get the most out of that since you've been paying into it for many, many years. So we want to make sure we get the most out of Social Security as well. So there used to be this like idea that you would need a million dollars to retire. And we know now that that is likely not nearly enough. So is there a number now that people should be shooting towards when it comes to how much they may need? I mean, I know it depends on your lifestyle, obviously. Yeah, I I think a lot of those figures are not very, you know, they really depend on your life situation. I would say the easiest gauge to think about is, or a common rule that is a good baseline for thinking is the 4% rule. So that says, hey, you can sustainably retire 4% of whatever your retirement portfolio is when you retire. So if you have a million dollars saved, that means you can start out distributing $40,000 a year. So if you say, okay, Josh, well, I need $80,000 a year. Well, then let's plan to have $2 million saved. That would be an easier way to kind of back into the math. Now, of course, if you have a big pension because you were a school teacher and you know your social security is higher than normal, there could be some other scenarios there that certainly throw things, throw things off there. Or if you say, hey, you know what, Josh, I'm really not very healthy and no one in my family's lived past age 70, your retirement timeline might not be that long as well, which makes how much money you need to have a whole different equation. You don't want to count on that. You're not needing it, though. <laughs> you want to. I, I would you agree. Want to break I would the record. Agree. <laughs> it, our default planning, we plan to age 100 for our clients. And many times people are like, I don't want to live that long. But you know what? My 95 year old grandmother never thought she would live that long either. Exactly. So, what different approaches are there to making sure retirement is intentional? Yeah. So one of the common things that we get is where do I put my money? What do I do with my money? So we break it out into three different buckets. We take a bucketed approach that's easy to visualize with clients and easy to put in the back of their mind. So when the markets are a little rocky, like we've seen this year, they know that they'll be okay. And we break that down into three different buckets. The first one is your cash or savings bucket. This is three to six months worth of expenses. This is like your emergency fund. So making sure that, you know what, if on the first day of retirement, the water heater goes and the roof starts leaking, you're going to be okay. You have some money um, to, uh, to get some professionals out there to help you get those problems fixed. We also say, let's put any large expenses. Let's put that savings amount in this bucket for the next zero to three years. So if you're going to retire and buy an RV, well, you better at least have that down payment in cash. We don't want that to be in the stock market and take a 20% hit right when you need the money. Sometimes if we know that you're not going to buy the RV till maybe the second or third year of retirement, we might suggest putting that into a short-term CD or something to get a little bit more interest on it. But for the most part, these are cash and savings tools. We want this money to be liquid, safe, and readily available. Our next bucket is our income bucket. And here we're going to plan for whatever our income needs are for the next six to 10 years. We want these to also be more safer and conservative funds, although we could use some tools that are a little less liquid as long as we know we can pull enough income out over that 60, 10 year time period. So here 
we're going to expect a little bit higher of a return on, on the monies associated here. But we know that if we always have six to 10 years worth of income set aside, we can take some risk on our growth bucket or the third bucket. And this is the bucket where we're going to take some risk. We're going to see it go up and down in value, but we're able to compound and grow our wealth over time to help keep up with things like inflation or possibly higher medical expenses later on in retirement. So what do you think is the most important thing to do when you realize Ugh, it might be behind? I want I need that two million dollars, but I've only got about three hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Save, save more. So start looking at things now. I think we all are guilty of having very busy lives and realizing that we're spending money on things that we don't necessarily need. I know you're saying, I know you're thinking Starbucks. I know you're thinking it. <laughs> you know what, Wendy, you can make it at home. No, <laughs> um, you know, that's a common thing. So we would say that that's a balance of lifestyle. So maybe Starbucks is essential to you. Maybe that is something that's really important to you. So maybe instead of cutting that expense, you decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to, I don't know, walk or ride my bike to work two days a week if possible, or, or some other way to help reduce your expenses. I'm guilty of buying coffee too. My office here in Michigan, there's my favorite coffee shop like a block away. So when I feel like, oh, I just need to go for a walk and get out, I try to put it there. So I make it a reward for myself. And I only take out so much cash that I leave on my desk each and every week. And that's all I can spend on those kind of things. So we can do little financial tricks to try to limit ourselves. Um, if we're really far off of our goal of retirement, we can think of retirement as a transition too. We don't have to completely stop working. So maybe you've worked in a field for many, many years and you have lots of expertise there. You could do consulting. And many times we've had clients retire and be asked to come back by their former employer to work maybe 20 or 30 hours a week or on specific projects. And they end up making a fair amount of money, if not more than they were before. Um, so I would think about it more in an open format. Maybe there's something else, an entrepreneurial or a hobby job that you've thought about doing for many years. And now in retirement, you can do that to help supplement your retirement income. So maybe that supplies 20 or $30,000 of your income. Then we need to have less in assets saved up. Of course, when we're 85 years old, we're probably not going to want to do that job anymore. So we want to make sure that we're still saving enough that when we're unable to work, we still have enough income. So how are we doing as a group of up and coming retirees? Are we saving well? I just feel like Amazon has made it way too easy to not save our money. Like, are people having problems with this or do you find that most people when they come to you are in a good place? Yeah. So I, I think because of our profession, most people that come to us uh, tend to have been good savers. There can also be problems with good savers. And that's something that we see quite frequently is sort of on the opposite spectrum. We have people that have done such a good job. Maybe they were maxing out their 401k contributions over the years, and they were able to put that into their budget and kind of forget about it. And now they realize they have this huge bucket of taxable money in retirement. And starting at age 72, you have a required minimum distribution where Uncle Sam says, hey, you need to start withdrawing that money from your retirement account 
whether you need it or not. So many times we see clients that have forced taxes coming out of their retirement savings. They don't need the money for income, but they're still forced to pay taxes on it due to those RMD rules. So those are areas that we can look at certain tax planning techniques to help reduce that down or to at least levelize taxes in retirement as well. Overall, most of the people that come to us, we think are actually more worried about retirement than they need to be. So many times when we go through that intent planning review and they look at the big picture, they say, oh, actually, we're not in that bad of shape. We can show, hey, based on the current path you're on, it looks like you'll have assets up until your 90s. So certainly we could do more to build more of a buffer into your plan, but you're not in that bad of shape to begin with. Well, that is what definitely what a client wants to hear, right? That is that we are, you know, doing everything right. I think so. I think so. And for you, Wendy, you could always start your own coffee roaster too. You know, here in <laughs> Southwest Michigan, that's a very popular thing. There's a lot of coffee roasters popping up like, like breweries have been. So that'll cover the coffee habit and it'll become a cash positive hobby. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that will make me feel so much better because, you know, coffee is just so good. Well, thank you, Josh, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Hello Retirement. Josh, where can we find you? Where can we get all the information on where to go and learn more about you and what you offer? Sure. So always feel free to check out our website, leonardadvisorygroup.com. You can email me at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com or feel free to give our office a call and schedule a time for a 15-minute discovery call. The number is 412-998-7526 or 412-998-PLAN. So please follow, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And until next time... I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Hello Retirement Podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.